they enter into that and that song that we know, the love of God. And Brother Branham would say the man that wrote the last verse was in an insane asylum. But he said, oh, the love of God. Amen. How many are grateful for that love of God? Amen. I'm going to let you have your seats for a moment. I'll still sing a song if we can. <clears throat> I know that some are still away on, on holidays. Some are back. Nice to see all that are here today. God bless you. We welcome you all. Um, as we mentioned earlier last week, Brother Max had a birthday this week. Where, where did he go? Where is he? There he is. So now that you have a birthday, you get to sit back there? What, what is this? <laughs> As you get older, you move further back? Is that what it is? <laughs> anyway, we're happy to have uh, his brother Daniel and the sister, uh, I'm just trying to remember, is it Grace? Angel, Angel, okay, there we go. Nice to have you here. Amen. The weather turned a little bit more like Ireland yesterday, but it was... Uh, we're happy for, for you all being here. God bless you, Brother Max. Uh, I understand, is Sister Ruth Weber here? Is she here? Where is she? There she is. She's hiding. Okay. God bless you. Welcome. She's here visiting from, from BC. Nice to have you here. God bless you. And nice to have all of the regulars, <clears throat> including Brother Glenn. Where's Brother Glenn? Yeah. Yeah, this is about as much chance of meeting a sister at at uh, Princess Otto as a brother in the sewing store. So, uh, <laughs> well, well, very, very observant. God bless you, Brother Glenn. We love you. Amen. It's sure good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, it's um, just a couple of notes I'd like to make um, regarding just the upcoming month of September here. Um, we, we have a little issue in the basement with a foundation wall. And we're going to be needing to undertake some work. It's actually under the offices, and we've had it looked at. And uh, so what, that, what that's going to mean is there'll be some excavation in that newly planted area, but, but we're going to bring it and put it all back, the Lord willing. And it'll need some volunteers again. Um, but I just want to make you aware that that will start sometime in September. We'll give you some notice on that. And so there'll be some work ongoing outside. As well as you, you see, we've, we've talked uh, about the ongoing changes on the street, on 156th Street here. You'll see there's more and more signs, more and more construction. It's going to be that way for a while. And so we're going to ask you, if you can, um, when you're exiting, it's probably better to make a right turn than a left turn. It's, it's going to be harder to get out. So consider that when you're coming into church and when you're leaving church. And um, also, for that matter, we've put up some directional signs out in our parking lot. So we'd like it, if you can, to, to follow those signs. So if you're here and you're leaving, it's better if you exit out this way onto 156th Street. If you're parked really close and it's near the end of everybody leaving the parking lot and you want to exit that way, that's, that's fine, too. Um, when I say that, I'm saying that for the benefit of many of our children that are there, and we, we have a few young people, brethren especially, who like to um, 
use the car and the gas pedal, I say, let's exercise greater caution than normal. With all the signs, with all the, th the, the fencing and the things, it's easy to lose things. And so if somebody stops you and says, hey, you're moving a little too fast, it's for your benefit and everyone else's benefit. And so we're asking you to, to be able just to follow those signs that are there. If you can do that, please. And so we, we want to do that as well. I know um, this is coming into September. School is going to be starting. So um, we also want to remember all of our, our, our children as they go to school. And maybe towards the end of the service, we'll just remember them in prayer as well. Um, last of all, I just wanted to update you a little bit. We've had some, um, there's a sister in, in Brother Mike Wall's assembly. That's the sister of the song leader, Brother Michael, his name. Her name is Sister Solas. Um, we've been getting some differing reports. They, they took her off and, and put her into a regular ward. She started breathing on her own. She's had a little bit of a setback. And uh, yesterday we received uh, some news from, from the brethren. And uh, if I could just share with you what was said, it, 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 was, it just brought me to my knees again in prayer. And, and uh, he said, please remember Sister Solas. Um, the doctor just left saying, saying they're waiting for a brain test, but she's losing oxygen too quickly. As the result of her lungs failing, she's not been breathing over the ventilator. And then her husband makes this statement. He says, they are trying to crush me, but I know God can turn on the light. Please, we need your urgent prayers. So I, I've, I've really put myself before the Lord on this and said, Lord, humanly, we can't understand how a mother that just gave birth to her fourth child, how it would be your will to take her away. Uh, we can't understand how the agony and everything that the brother is going through. But Lord, you will make a way in this. And so we're asking God to make a way. And if it is his will to, to take her, then he will make a way still. But we, we want to remember that. So let's stand together um, this uh, morning. Maybe as we, we just sing a song. When you're up on the mountain, um, the God of the mountain. Thank you, Brother Ray. I get, I get the words sometimes. The brothers get the titles. Thank you. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known. But then things change. God of the good time. 
our heads this morning play softly yet maybe you feel that you're down in a valley maybe you would just need that God to come by your space today you want to be remembered this morning you want to slip up your hand I believe God will see your hand Heavenly Father as we've gathered together this morning we want to thank you for the songs that have been sung. We want to thank you for the people that have gathered, your children, your blood-bought, Father. Lord, we want to come to you this morning, and as we come, Lord, we come through the blood and under the blood, Lord, knowing that not one of us is righteous, knowing that not one of us in our flesh is perfect, Lord. But, Father, through the blood, as you look, May you hear our voice through the blood. This morning, we once again remember this Sister Solace in Washington, D.C., part of Brother Mike Wall's assembly. It's been over six weeks, I think, almost, or four weeks since she's had birth and now slipped into a coma. But Lord, as long as there's breath, there's life, there's hope, and Lord, we're asking, you've never been too late. And Father, your people are praying around the world. We are praying. Lord, there are situations in our midst. Many are holding to you. And Father, as Abraham of old, we're believing that that God is still alive today. Father, we're asking you, would you come and visit us today? Would you visit that hospital room in Washington where this sister is at? And Lord, would you come by our address as well? Father, as we commit ourselves to you for service, we invite you. Just come to every pew, to everyone. We thank you for everyone that's here, all that are listening in. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you to the musicians. Thank you, Brother Dan. And... Uh, when you said earlier, I'm going to put some scriptures up, don't worry, that's when I start worrying. <laughs> I've been around Brother Dan long enough that those famous words, don't worry, if you could see the scenes that have followed those words sometimes, that gives you lots of reason to worry. Good to see you all this morning. Let's turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 42. God bless you, each one. Happy to be a Christian this morning. Happy to have brothers and sisters. 
Amen. We're happy to be in the house of the Lord. We're happy for the light of the hour. Isaiah chapter 42. Let's just start reading in verse 1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. Now, you could take that naturally speaking. This is talking about Jesus. Naturally speaking, his voice wasn't the voice of an orator. But in a spiritual dimension, that voice was well known to the underworld, to heaven, and to those that were elect in that day. A bruised reed shall he not break, the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment into truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Thus saith the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and I will hold thine hand, and I will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare, therefore they spring forth, I tell you, of them. God bless his word, you may have your seats. As we move right into our thought, we'll also read over in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, we'll start reading in verse 12. These are scriptures Brother Branham used in a message, there is a man that can turn on the light. And I want to speak this morning on a penetrating light in this present darkness. In verse 12, it says, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast, in the borders of Zabulon and Nethalam, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zabulon and the land of Nephthalon, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I will also read over in 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty... But he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. 
This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, Peter is rehearsing what happened at Mount Transfiguration. Peter was one of the eyewitnesses. He heard that voice. He also saw Moses and Elijah. And it was Peter that said, Lord, let us build three tabernacles. And when he said that, that's when that voice came down. And when Peter looked up, he saw no man save Jesus only. So Peter is rehearsing this, and he is saying, this is the voice which we came from heaven, but he heard in the holy mount. Verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. I believe that we are living out a portion of this scripture. On Wednesday, I, I took the thought of translated substance, and I took it out of Hebrews, and in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, how that things which are made were not made of things which do appear. In other words, the, the very earth that we're standing on is the spoken word of God. It came from the word, and, and, and it, it is tangible, it is real, but we need to remember it was God that spoke it. And Brother Branham would say, God spoke the word, and when he spoke the word, he believed his word, and it was so. So this is a principle that God uses. Now, we, we say this much, just, you know, just believe the word, just speak the word. But Jesus would say, my words are spirit, and they are life. So we don't, we don't just want to take the word as, as just the word of, of a newspaper, the word of a man. But the word is the word of God, which abideth forever. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this a little bit, and, and on... On, uh, on, on Wednesday, I use these scriptures and, or these quotations, and, and I, Lord willing, I'm going to use them again. Now, I, I want to just read. <coughs> Brother Branham would say in, well, let me, let me read this first. This is from present stage of my ministry, and after this, he speaks the message countdown. But he would say this talking about dimensions because we live in three dimensions, light, time, and matter. There is a fourth of science. There's a fifth, which is the regions of the lost. There's the sixth where the saints go. But Brother Adam would speak about this in both of these messages. So we live here in three dimensions, and he'd say there's time. Okay, there's light, matter, and time. Our five senses can contact these dimensions. Our sight contacts light, our feeling contacts matter, and so forth. And as you get older, maybe beyond 30, you begin to realize what time is. Oh, Brother Max, yes, you're there. <clears throat> so, now Brother Man would say, we can contact through science the fourth dimension. Because coming through this building right now, there is coming pictures, there is voices of radio, there are pictures on television that our senses do not contact. 
But there's a tube or a crystal that picks up these waves and manifests them. Right in this building, there is actions of people in the air, live voices. They're here. We know that. That's the truth. We don't understand the mechanics of these things. But science has brought it forth. It proves to us there is a fourth dimension. And we actually have devices that can pick up on those things. And we're not here to, to use those devices for that. And thank God that, that, that the device you control, if there's a spirit of God behind it, you don't want to go to where a lot of that dimension is projecting itself today. Now he'll go on and say this. Now the fifth dimension is where the sinner is. The unbeliever dies and goes to. The Christian, he goes in the sixth dimension. God is in the seventh dimension. One day, Brother Lonnie Jenkins, he, he gave that, and I always thought there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, all the way going up. But he, he brought it in a, in a really good way that helped me. And he would take light, time, and matter, and then he would put below that the fourth dimension. And then below that, he would put the fifth dimension. So there's three dimensions we live in. There's two dimensions below. And then he put above us the sixth and the seventh. The sixth is where the saints go. The seventh is where God is. And that began to help me understand how these dimensions may affect us because we have three dimensions. So they, they were really helpful that way. So the fourth dimension, now Brother Branham would talk and this is the quotation I used in, on, on Wednesday. And Brother Branham would say, I'm sure you've noticed the things that are happening now. This little Collins boy laying there dying the other night, that little leukemia girl, the kingdom of God is coming. It's becoming more from the negative to the positive. That ought not to choke you. From the justification to sanctification, sanctification to baptism of the Holy Ghost, we are drawing closer to God all the time. Now he is giving the effect of another dimension positively, not the fourth dimension, but he's talking about another dimension that is affecting us. Then he goes back in the message, God who is rich in mercy, and he will make these statements. He'll say, television picks up every time we move our finger. Everything is on a record. Television proves that. Television doesn't manufacture a picture. It only channels it. And he makes these statements. Television was here when Adam was on earth. Television was here when Moses came through the Red Sea. Television was here when Elijah came to Mount Carmel. They have now just discovered it. So it's always been here. I, I remember, you know, in our home and our family, and we grew up in the age, and, and, and you know, the television, we, we, ha we had one. My, my, my father was, was a Christian, but not a, a believer, understanding what it was. And we had a television, and it had one of those, those rabbit ears, as they call it, and, and a lot of times when you watch things, if those things weren't just in the right way, you got a lot of snow on the picture. It wasn't very clear. It, it, it would translate, it would begin to pick up. 
But if you look at the technology that is, has come about, now it's not just depending on those rabbit ears, but it, technology has increased so much that you can pick up in a much sharper and clearer definition right on your device uh, what, what was always there. But they were breaking into it. They weren't fully into it, but they were breaking into it. And so now they break into it, and they're always breaking into it. Once in a while, because I, I'll go back and I'll look at a documentary of a picture. Maybe it's something that happened in Israel, and they'll have pictures and they'll show what happened in the six-day war and, and the pictures are grainy and they're fuzzy but it really happened and science is only picking it up where it was at that time. They're not picking it up in the light of what it really was. In other words, now you have uh, televisions, monitors, they have what they call, I don't even know what all the things are. Uh, they, that they have, but they have so many pixels per page, it's in such clarity. Sometimes I walk into these stores and they, they have something playing and I'm going, wow, that's so sharp, that's so clear. And then I compare it back to what was there, at that picture that was drawn out from there, and that picture that was drawn out from there, you know, sometimes they're black and white. And we feel sorry for the people that live back, back there because they lived in black and white. They did not live in black and white. They actually lived in color. They could see like you and I could see. But the recording device was not at the level that allowed it to come forward. Now, I'm, I'm saying all of this for a reason. When we caught the message of the hour, when we saw it and we heard it, it illuminated us to a degree. But it didn't illuminate us fully. But it's constantly moving in intensity. It's constantly magnifying. And I would say, don't look at the message stagnantly because it's coming sharper. It's coming clearer. It's coming more alive all the time. And I say what's happening in the fourth dimension, if, if, that's, if that's happening there, then God is doing something in the sixth dimension. Now, Brother Bannon will go on and say this. Television. People are moving through this room. Television doesn't manufacture a picture. It was here when Adam, he, he tells us all of this. And then he makes this statement. They're now just discovering it. You wouldn't have believed it back there. He said, so is it today that Christ is here. The angels of God are here. And someday in the great millennium, it'll be more real than television or anything else because they are here. I, I will need to just take a little bit of time to minister this, this morning. Now, <laughs> I want you to think for a moment of these three dimensions that we live in. Light, time, and matter. Because, you know, I would say maybe four or five hours, six hours ago, if, if there was no electricity in this building this room would have been very dark. But light came in to this room, and maybe when it first started, and, and, and you know, maybe you get that, I, I, I actually very rarely set an alarm clock. I, I allow my body clock to work. I allow God to, to, to lead me. I'm not trying to be super spiritual or anything. I just allow that, but I also look at, you know, in summer, man, it's light in the room. It's 4.30 in the morning. 
But, but in the winter, it's, it's 9 a.m. before it's light in the room. But, but the light comes, and, and, and when you have that kind of hazy, foggy type thing, you begin to, you know, look and discern things, and, and you can see shapes and shadows. And, and, but as light illuminates, it becomes clearer and clearer all the time. Now, I'm going to go back to John chapter 1, and, and while this is elementary in its beginning, I, I'm, I'm going to just go and read this, and these are familiar, but just stay with me as I go. <clears throat> in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So this will really parallel Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 to 3 that we read on Wednesday. And now it says this in verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So now it's equating what, what, what was in Jesus was life. Now men had life if I can call it that, but he's equating it to light now. And he says, and the life was the light of men. And the light, the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Now, now he's taking light into a different level than just the natural part that we're talking about. He's saying life was made known as light. And this light, when it came in to the world, the darkness did not comprehend the life that was here, which showed forth in a light. And so that light, the, the world didn't recognize, and as, as Brother Branham would take messages like, like, like the foot wash flunky, and, and, and that man who would always wash feet, and, and, and here comes Jesus into the room of Simon, and nobody pays attention to him. And, and here is this foot wash flunky who could have washed Jesus' feet. And Brother Bram says, oh, how I would have loved to wash his feet. Oh, how I could have been there. Because this was the creator of heavens and earth who had come and was down and became one of us and, and was translated into this dimension. And he said, oh, if we could recognize him for what he is. So, so this light that came forth. Now, he says the darkness comprehended it not. Now, so just taking this sequentially, then the scripture says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. It was John who was at the river, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God. He's pointing to something. And when he's pointing to something, there comes a dove from heaven. There comes, as, as our brother Moses so took so, so wonderfully on a Wednesday, a couple of, a week and a half ago, there comes this dove identifying with the Lamb. The nature of a lamb and the nature of a dove. And it comes, but it was visible in the form of a light. And I, I want you to think, 
Not just back then, but now I want you to think about Ohio, 1933, at a river, and there's people standing there, and there's a man baptizing the 17th person, and a light comes from heaven again, and it's witnessed again, and that light speaks again. Your message will forerun the first coming of the Lord. That light had come again. That light was shining again. That light is here again. Now you and I can't see it, but that light is here this morning. I want to read a couple of things. And there, there, there's, it's amazing when you look at some of these things. If you can look at it this way. Jesus dies, he comes, goes off the scene. And there's no window into that dimension. Paul is there. Paul sees a light on the road to Damascus. And it issues in the Ephesian age. But after that, we don't see much of that light anymore. And through seven church ages... We don't, we don't see beyond just the word that was there. But there was no visible manifestation. There was no substance. There was nothing we could lay a hold. Every messenger that Jesus came was a star. A star is a reflection of light. And that star would come into the earth and it would, it would, it would reflect something. But now in this last day... God sends a message, a prophet, and a prophet is able, is able to give us a window into another dimension and show that there's actually something here that's in the building, that's in the service. Now, uh, you, you can take this. I use the quotation, there's that light. And it shows up in the message 24 times when you put it together. But Brother Banham, he says, Now have faith in God. Believe with all your heart. And then he says, shame on you people that you would deny and reject it. I'm telling you the truth, friends. Now when you see the supernatural, when you see an angel standing there, that light moving over a person, there's a man standing back there. There is that angel. That light is standing over him. It's milling right around him. It's kind of an emerald moving light. Friends, he was not just imagining things. It's real. And it's real here today. I I don't know how many times it may come in our services. But it's real. It's a substance. And and, and he'll he'll, he'll take take lots of them. And this is in contending for the faith. There's a lady looking at me. She has a large hat on. There's that light hanging just above her. There's another man. You had a strange feeling come over you. Now, Now we... You know, God is, again, remember, he's touched by faith. We're, we are, there's a light beyond the light we see. We have five senses to contact the mansion, but there's a sixth sense we've been giving, and that sixth sense is actually contacting another dimension. Now, there, there's, there's many places where he'll say it, and, and he said, there sits an elderly man He's just talking 
there's a light hanging right over him. He's sitting there. He turns his head sideways. He's looking at me right here. He's kind of partially bald, gray around the side. You know, he's just talking completely in, in another level. You know, and, and there, there's many places where he, he would go and often in the meetings, you know, and, and, and now this is in a message, door over the do door and the door. Now, how do I know you from anything different? He's talking to a lady. Somebody is here. You, you've got head trouble. It's from this and this. It, you raise your hands. Now, how do I know you from anything different? There's that light hanging over you right now. It just broke into a vision. And it moved over to this next lady, this second lady. There, and he says, now you're sensing it right now. There's a feeling that's right between you that you've never had before. It's a real sweet, humble feeling. Now, this is very simple in its thought this, this morning. But, but I, I'm, I'm using light as one of these dimensions just, just for a moment. I'll major on that. But light is not just light. And it's not just a, a pillar of fire that was here when Brother Branham was here. But it's actually here. It was a couple of years ago. Brother Ron Spencer, they had a brother in their church who who's passed away. But it was in a service and he had fell over and he died or he'd passed out or whatever it was. They had prayer over him and he opened his eyes. He, he felt he'd been gone. Some months later, he passed away. He said it was a good brother. They had the service and they had the casket up there and they had all these flowers and it was hot and some of the flowers had wilted. And then somebody, as they were speaking, they said, some, several people in the church at that funeral service said they saw a light come into it. And I'll say, greater than just seeing a light, they witnessed some flowers that had wilted begin to open again. Friends, that light is here with us. It did not leave when Brother Branham left, but it's here. I may not be able to see it. I may not be able, but I believe it. And I believe that there's light shining in this present darkness. And you can't look through natural eyes, but you contact it by faith. Okay? Now just, just stay with me a little bit here. Now I could read many, many more other things about you can look it in, but there's that light. So now I'm, I'm using this. There was a dimension that opened up to us. Now, I, I, I want to, you, I'll use the fourth dimension. Now, even though the fourth dimension is always here, it was reliant upon something that could catch it and see it. So something had to catch it and, and, and see it, and it came from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this can be used for good, it can be used for evil. And I'm going to need to take some time on it, not today's service, but the Lord willing in a future service, and I'm going to take some time on, on really understanding where Satan is attacking us. And I, I would say this is very, very serious. Very serious. Now, I'm not doing it to scare you. I, I just want to say, I... 
if anything, I am against what the enemy would try to bring against us or in our midst. And he has many tactics and tools. So as much as this is there, now that fourth dimension, something had to come to change the seeing. Likewise, the angels which are here, and Jesus who, who is here, now I, I'm going to qualify this in a few minutes, but Jesus, something had to change our ability to see. And, and the seeing, if you actually take the prophet, the prophet is the eyes of God. The prophet is the window through which we can see God in. And, 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 and Brother Adam would talk about the four stages of restoration. He said, it's like an unconscious man that is there. And he says, that man is unconscious, but, but you would take, as Luther would come, and it would begin to be a partial restoration, maybe that body would quiver, and you'd say, well, there's still life in that body. And then, and, 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 and then Brother Branham would talk about Luther, and then he would talk about Wesley, and he would talk about Pentecost. He says, now, as, as life would come, Pentecost was the speaking. It was the mouth. It was, it was uh, speaking in tongues. It was things like that. It showed there's life, but, but really, you had not come to a full life yet. And even a baby when it's born, a baby when it's born, it, it, you need a cry, but, but to be mature and to be understanding, it takes a greater realization. So, so uh, that would come, but then Brother Adam says in the message, uh, Christ the mystery of God revealed, he said we've moved beyond that, the mouth age, he calls it, he calls it Luther's age, I think the thigh age, and, and, and then Wesley the breast age, and he calls uh, Pentecost the mouth age, we've now moved up into the mind age. He says, that's the prophet. Now the, the prophetic age, it's the understanding. So even though I could speak and I was unconscious and, and I could be babbling and it could be incoherent. Listen, I, I came out of, people come out of operations. And I, I had to do an operation and the anesthetic, it does funny things to you. And, and so, so I, I'm coming out of the anesthetic. I've said it before, but I'll share it again. I'm coming out of the anesthetic in the operating room. And I just remember my, the first few images and I remember looking at a picture on a wall and thinking, where am I? And, and then, you know, I'm, 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 I'm slowly striking me. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I'm alive. Because I, I didn't know. I, all I know is put out. I was going into an operation. I didn't know where I'd end up. I'm alive. And so the nurses are talking to you. They're trying to get you to, to see if you're with it. And then they start asking you, you know, what's your name? And then I started talking. Uh, and I said, did you know that Baby birds, when they're born, the first thing they identify with is what they see. And the lady goes, what do you mean? I says, there's a picture on the wall of a dog. I'm not a dog. <laughs> and she goes, what's he talking about? What's your name? I said, Sir Edwin Rainier Hammermeister III. <laughs> and she goes, I think he's okay. <laughs> so, so... Now, other people don't, don't, don't do that, but it betrays maybe some underlying characteristics that, that are inherent underneath me. And, and maybe some of you don't know me, but, but there's part of me that, that well, I, I won't say more than that. <laughs> but anyway, so, so even though we may speak, we may have it, there may not be a full coherence of who we are. 
And I would say, it's something we're moving into. It's something that's becoming more real. It's something that God's working. He's trying to bring us to. As he did with Brother Branham who said, I am not the son of Charles and Ella Branham. I, 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 that I may have had a natural birth, but there's something greater in my life. And I think we all need to come to that. So I'm saying what you're here this morning, let, let's go beyond what we see. <coughs> now, Brother Brandon would say it this way, and this is in that same message, present stage of my ministry. And he says, I believe in a vision I was caught in that sixth dimension. Now, he would talk about the time he was caught into hell, and he saw those women which later manifested in the J.C. Penney store. But then he also went up into the sixth dimension. And I says, and talking about when he was translated beyond the curtain of time, and he saw millions over there. And he says, now, I, I could look back down here and see back. See, the sight isn't exactly with our eyes. Now he's talking about, he said, so the seeing of light is not with our eyes. Sight is a greater thing than that. The sight that they have here, their contact, he's talking about them over there, their contact is beyond any contact that our natural senses could contact. Now he tells this little story, and I love his little stories. He said, I was looking at a television picture where they let a man down into the ocean two or three, a mile or two deep, and he says they had ray lights that went out, and they started to show marine life, and here comes a fish by that had horrible-looking creatures. It's midnight. It's ink black down there. They had phosphorus on their nose. They had no eyes. They would have to be fed, it looked like, to find their food. But they were guided by another sense, not sight, because they didn't have eyes. They couldn't use them down there. But they were guided with another sense that could contact their food. And he said, and I thought, if I could have control of that little fish with my sight, how much greater I could supply his food and lead him to places, how much greater my sight is than his radar that he contacts if I could just lead him. Then he, as he's saying this, he breaks into this and says, now, if that little fish could ever come up here and be me, do you think it would ever want to be a little fish and go back down in that midnight blackness? He said, he'd never want to be a fish no more because there's something greater than a fish. He's a man. His senses are greater. His understanding is greater. His intelligence is supreme. Now this thought came to me. If I could surrender myself to God... How much greater is the sight and senses of God who could guide us more than the things we see because faith leads us, supplies to us the evidence of things not seen. And Brother Branham would say, a servant, a minister, the greatest thing that a servant or a minister would be is to leave the thought of natural ability. In other words, this is what I can do. 
It's not that it's, it's more yielding, it's more nothing, uh, it's more Him. And I would say not just for ministers, for all of us in our daily lives, Lord, you lead me. Lead me, Lord, and I will follow. Now he'll, he'll go on to say, that fish coming up here, now multiply that by 10 million and when you pass from this into the presence of God, where the human being is so much further than we are here, you'd never want to be a human being again. You, in this pest house of sickness and corruption, and he said, it's been in my heart, I've tried to preach these 30 years to tell people there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And, and so he comes back, and, and, and those voices, when, when he goes beyond the curtain of time, and said, keep pressing the battle. Keep pressing. And I want to encourage us. We can't see it, but it's greater than we realize. Now, I, as, as Brother Branham would talk about the fourth dimension, my, I'm, I sure take a lot of time to get going here today. My, my, my takeoffs are still long. My stops are quick, but I am not quite there. He says, now, in the countdown message, he said, as we look at what the achievements of man are and the achievements of God, happenings on this earth are representing something that comes from somewhere else. But when it strikes the earth, it's usually in a perverted condition because the world is full of darkness and sin. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to catch this for a minute because... We are moving continually. The message is not stagnant. The word of God is moving continually. And, and, and Brother Branham, when, when he's talking, and, and I would say, sometimes God has to make us aware. We ourselves, sometimes, we miss it. We're, we're, we're dull of it. But, but if we're meant to be a part of it, we'll catch it. And, 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 and Brother Branham would talk a little bit, and, and I, I used this phrase a little bit. And, and, and he, he is speaking, and I use the words, because there's places where he said, now you should have caught that. I think it was Brother Billy Paul, as Brother Branham was coming out from preaching the, one of the SEALs messages, Billy, did you catch what Daddy was saying? Oh yeah, I caught it, Daddy. And then he asked him again, Billy, did you catch what Daddy is saying? And he said, well, no, I, I guess I didn't. He said, it's okay, Billy. God will make it, I don't know how it was the exact words, if God will make it known, but he said, I could count on my hand the number of people that caught it. Now, that was in 1963. But I believe as we move further on, there's more and more that are catching it. And I believe, I, 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 I was baptized and I thought, I, I need to do this. It's the right thing to do. I need to do it. But the significance of it never caught up to me till even years down the road. The thought of salvation was great, and I knew God was doing things. But the thought of it, I remember a brother telling me when God dealt with him, and he said he would walk down the street, and he said it was so real to him, he, he just said, I wonder if that person is saved. And then he thought, or that one. And then he thought, why me, Lord? That's how real it is. 
I, 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 I don't want to take this message flippantly. I, I want to take it and say, Lord, let me catch the fullness of it. Let me hear. Let me, let me be translated. You know, the devil is a, he's, he wants to conform us, but God wants to transform us by the renewing of our mind. Friends, you know, when, when God comes, you know, he'll come and he'll deliver us with a great deliverance. And, and sometimes, as I read the story on Wednesday of the lepers, you know, nine of the lepers just went on their way. Wow, I, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. But one of the lepers said, what happened to me? And he went back and he worshiped God. And he said, and, and he says, where's the other nine? And if you actually read it, it was not a Jew. It was a Galilean or a Samaritan, I believe, that went back. So, so the, Gentile was, the Gentiles were going to see a light actually before the Jews would see a light. Or catch it, if I can say it that way. I, I'm, I, I'm just getting ahead of myself with that thought. But So catching it, I, I believe, is, is part of a realization. Not a partial, but a full realization. You know, Jesus went and delivered legion, and he came and he delivered him. And, 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 and if we could understand what a great deliverance God has done when he's lifted the burden of sin, the working of the enemy off of us. But the, the amazing thing about legion or the other one, at the end, there's these words, and at the end, he was clothed and sitting there in his right mind. And I say, Lord, give me a right mind. Oh, the world is not in a right mind right now. And we are influenced by that world. I've really got to get to where I've got to get to here. <coughs> so, Brother Branham would say, you should have caught that. I, I could read a number of places where he said that. And, and, and he, he would say, and I'll just, I'll, I won't read these all. But he would, he would just say, after the seals... And, and he was talking, and he's now preaching in Christ the mystery of God revealed. Which message, he said, by the way, if you ever fail, come back to this message. Come back to it. But he's at the end of the service, and he's singing a song, and then he, he just sings another chorus. Did you catch that? The Spirit picked that song up and took it another octave higher. Now he's a prophet. He's catching things. And he said... The end of the second pull. The third pull is at hand. So he's, he's saying, we're moving. So it's not just, like, it looked like it was just 1962. It looked like it was 1963. It was 1964. But time is not just time on a calendar. Time in God's economy is greater than just, as I just mentioned about light. It's not natural light. It's not natural time. It's not this ticking. But it's the importance of the moment and the time that we are in right now. And in the seals, Brother Branham would say, now, he says, he's already rising from the throne. No, he, he would say, actually, he qualified, he says, if I told you right now that we are within three minutes of Jesus coming, and they'd say, well, he said, a day is as a thousand years. So if you take that backwards, a day or three minutes is about 35 years. And Brother Brandon would say, he's already rising 
I, I, I trust these things do not go past us. I trust that these simple statements that we've heard for years in reels become more real to us. That they become substance to us. Because, okay, time, time is changing. Time is moving. In fact, Revelations 10 says, and time should be no more. And Brother Bam said, we are blending from time into eternity. One of the most outstanding messages, and I'm, I'm talking light, time, and matter. Because the last part of matter, as it changes in this dimension, as, as we move into that light, as we catch the time, the last thing will be the matter of our bodies. That will even change older bodies to younger bodies. Oh, Brother Max, there's hope for you. There's hope for you. <laughs> We, we love to pick on Brother Max. I mean, he just turned 30. My goodness. <laughs> oh, I could say these things because he's not preaching tonight. Brother Andrew's preaching tonight. <laughs> but I'm just saying, these things change. Listen, this, I, I, I just, let, me, let, me, let me just take this a little further. Now, Brother Branham would, would, would say, now, he said, you should have caught that. But now as he's ministering, now, Brother Branham himself, he, he wasn't the light, but he was bearing witness of the light. And he says, oh, I caught that. That was the Holy Spirit moving there. And now, there's another woman back there. She's wearing a yellow dress. Are we strangers? Yeah, going. No. And just as soon as he said, there's another woman that just caught that. She had back trouble as well. Mrs. Parker, you're healed. So she caught something that was real. And I'm saying, it's in another dimension, but we need to be living in that atmosphere to catch what the Spirit is saying. My, my goodness, they're, they're, this is just... Let, let me read this from the token. I believe we're on the verge of one of the mightiest things that has ever struck the earth since the days of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now just think about it. On the verge. It will be so humble. What God, what man calls mighty, God calls an abomination. What God calls, what man calls foolish, God calls mighty. Now watch it. See, it'll be so humble that you will miss it if you have not got the token to examine it. <sighs> Why do we labor and say, it's not good enough just to have the form of water baptism, but it needs a sanctification. It needs a filling. It needs a demonstrated life. We are here in a negative form. As long as there's a negative, there has to be a positive. There cannot be a negative without a positive. So see, our life here is in the negative, but there's an image of life somewhere that is positive that the light has struck and it's reflected somewhere here on earth. Now I, I had just 
read how from the fourth dimension, things when they, maybe I didn't read it, this is in Countdown, when it strikes the earth, it comes in a perverted condition. It was a few years ago, I, I came across an article, it was in Sweden, I actually saw a video. And they were implanting something into the palms of people's hands. And it was a key. So the idea was when you came home to your apartment in the evening and you're carrying a bag of groceries, you wouldn't have to put the groceries down. But as you came close with the palm and it struck the magnetic lock, the door would open for you. And this was going to be used not just for your house, but it was going to have other applications and other things going on. Now, we talk about a mark of the beast. A mark of the beast is going to be a natural thing. But before it's ever a natural thing, it'll be a spiritual thing first. And the prophet said, there are some people who have already taken the mark and they don't know it. But it will manifest naturally speaking. Now, that was a few years ago. This last week I saw an article of a grocery store. And they're doing this as a test in California and in Texas. And they're doing this grocery store. There's no cashiers. When you walk in, they scan your palm. Your palm is registered. You go in, you take whatever you want, and as you go out, it scans your palm again and all the groceries you took with you. And it's automatically debited from your account. No cashier, no nothing. It's a mark. That is setting up for something. It's, it's not, listen, this is not a great conspiracy about groceries. This is talking about what it's setting up for. Listen, the things that are going on in this world, they're very real right now. The great political movements that are going on. You know, and, 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 and the things that governments are doing and, and what they call the great economic forum and, and, and men like Klaus Schwab, who's not even elected, who's a millionaire, who's saying you'll own nothing and you'll be happy while he flies around in his own jet. He says, you won't even own cars, but you'll be happy. Do you think that these things are, are coming on the earth just because it'll make life better? It's got a purpose behind it. It's coming from another dimension. But what we're getting is also from another dimension. It's also more real than that. And here comes Brother Branham. And he comes down because he's a foreshadow of things. He is a foreshadow. He is... He's demonstrating, he's waving a sheaf over us. And he's in a prayer line, and, and somebody's coming up to the prayer line. Now, he doesn't know all things, but there's a gift that comes over him, and it breaks into a vision. But here now, he comes in a, in a greater form, and he says, Now, sister, if God will give me a temporary resurrection into a theophany form, because in a theophany form, you know all things. If you'll give me a temporary resurrection, then I'll be able to tell you what that is. Now, where did that come from? That's not the fourth dimension. That's the sixth dimension that's come down to us. 
Friends, okay, I'll, I'm here right now. I'm, I'll just stay here. Mark, Brother Mark, just slip with me for a moment to Hebrews. Oh, my goodness, I'm jumping all over. Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to go here right now. Just We'll go back to John chapter 1 in a minute. Hebrews chapter 2. Brother Andrew, you and I both like the scripture. I think you used it in your last service. You might use it tonight, but I beat you to it. <coughs> Verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy that him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So now Jesus, the God Almighty, he came down to earth, he made himself flesh and blood, he became a kinsman, he took our place, heaven was translated to the earth. It bore witness when he came to earth because two years before, a light already started to move. The heavens began to align. And three wise men began a journey two years before Jesus ever came. They saw a light nobody else saw. And they saw that light and they began to move towards it. And it was three stars coming together. And in this last time, Brother Branham talks in 1962, end time seed sign. He says... Germany had floods almost washed off the map. England had this and this. And he says, and I looked into the heavens. Five stars aligning. What are the five stars doing? They're aligning. Grace. A bride is coming into position. Another light is shining again. She's in her infancy. But the heavens are bearing witness. And Jesus came and there was a light at his birth. But he became flesh. And it said he came to destroy him that had the power of death. That is the, the devil. And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. We don't know what's beyond. We can't see it. We can't touch it. We can't feel it. But by faith, we know it's there. And only God can take away the fear. Now it says this. So how did he come down? It said this verse 16. For verily he took on him the nature of angels. Not the nature of angels. Took not on him the nature of angels. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. Which is a faith seed. Now in any human being, any birth, you go down to your cells, there are 46 chromosomes. And they're X and Y, they're called, and it determines the gender of a child. But 23 of the chromosomes come from the man, 23 come from the woman. Now Jesus was not made of a woman. So God, by, by faith... Because he had to take away the curse. He could not be born of a woman. 
But by faith, I don't know how it translates. I, I don't have the scientific. But it was not the natural coming together. But he bypassed that. And he came down. Now he had to make himself flesh. But he poured himself into a vessel. And I don't know if he had 23. I don't know if he had 46. But 23 did not come from a woman. Because he had to remove the curse. So by faith he came that. Now, why is that so important? Because he had to, he paid the price to the infinite degree. We're talking about light, matter, no, light, time. And time is different than just the watch, the calendar. But now take matter for a minute. Jesus, future home, it said he became substance by the things he ate. He had to be a partaker. In the scripture it says in one place, I and the brethren that you've called. He did that because he was identifying himself with us. He became that. Now he comes to the end of his death and he is suffering rejection like no man has ever suffered. He did no wrong. He's suffering physical torment like no man ever suffered. Hebrews chapter 12. And it would talk about how he took all these things. It behooved him. But now just think about this because the scripture says the grief was so great that even the water and the blood began to separate. It wasn't a Roman spear, but it was God breaking himself apart. Why? So that we could become him in the flesh. He broke his own flesh apart. Friends, before the Roman spear ever, great drops of blood come from his brow, dripping on the earth. He gave himself. He separated himself for me, for you. What for? So that one day in the fullness of redemption, in the fullness of redemption, he would bring us back to where man fell from the beginning. He would allow man who lives in this stinking flesh but is redeemed under the fullness of everything he did, allow them to speak and things that were will appear again. Brother Brown said, missing limbs will appear again. How did that happen? Because of what he did that day. Our faith goes beyond what we see, taste, feel, hear, smell. But it transmits into a faith dimension. I'm, I'm jumping around with the scriptures. Let's go to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. 
excuse me. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, when Brother Branham talks of this, he says, light comes by the spoken word of God. Light is the vindication of what he spoke. Now, our eyes weren't there, but in questions and answers in Genesis, Brother Branham would talk that from the throne of God, there came a little amber light, whirling, greenish amber. That was like a sun playing before the Father's doorstep. But it, was, it came out from God. It was a part of God. And from there came let there be. Because the Bible says, by his Son, he created all things. So in other words, by the manifestation that came out from him, he created all these things. So he says, now, he's, he's, he's by a supernatural light that may not have been visible, he's creating a natural light. So he says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Brother Ram says, and he says, the light is the vindication of his spoken word. There is no life on the earth today but by the light of the sun or botany life and so forth. Now his next statement, and this is in a man, there's a man that can turn on the light. I believe the sun and so forth was already in existence. I believe the moon was. And he says, but darkness covered it, but when God moved in, there was fog and mist all over the earth making it dark, and God said, let there be light, and the darkness faded away. I believe that's God's way of doing this. So the next verse, verse 4. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Now, as I'm speaking today, and I'm, I realize I, I took a lot of time to get where I'm getting to, but whether I realized it or not, something God put in me from before the foundation of the world was there to respond to light. And light was God's word, but there was darkness over me. And it obscured the light, maybe for a long time. But God had to separate that darkness. He had to roll that darkness off. Questions and answers they asked Brother Branham, can a Holy Ghost-filled child of God be influenced by spirits to commit wrong. And he answers, he's kind of surprised. Oh, of course. Now we, th we, we elevate ourselves and say, well, I'm in the message, I'm dressed right, I'm doing things right. And, and we, can, we can come into a service and everything looks right, appears to be right, but in our mind, in our thoughts, there's darkness. And Brother Brandon would say, the preaching of the word scatters demons. And before God can ever move, unbelief has to move off of us. Now, the example, the, and I won't read it today, but it's, it's used over and over by the prophet. 
and it's in John chapter 4. It's the woman at the well. And in several of the messages in Future Home, different ones, he talks about here's the Pharisees with their robes light and white and pure, all light on the outside. But he, I, I didn't see it, but he draws a picture. Brother Harold did this before, and I really liked it. But he draws a picture, all out light outwardly. But inside, there was darkness inside. Because when the true light, which was Jesus, came past their path, they, didn't, they rejected it. They said, no, I, I don't want anything to do with this. And, and so, but this little woman at the well, who was darkness all around, who had had five husbands, had another one, a sixth, but when this man, the seventh man, comes by, and when that seventh man came by her way, and he begins to peel back the layers of darkness, what was it? He was making way for light to shine again. What did he do for you and me? He had to peel back the darkness. He had to divide the darkness. Friends, we need to divide the darkness again. Listen, I may be just getting to the place I needed to get to a while back. But since our meetings, I will tell you the enemy. God was at work in our meetings. But the enemy has been at work since then. And right alongside, right alongside, here comes God, here comes the enemy. And Brother Bram talks about a razor's edge. And I'll say, I'll say it. God, let your light shine. Take any wrong motive in my heart, in anybody's heart. If there's any darkness, Lord, expose it. Lord, let light shine on it. Brother Lonnie Jenkins. I might play a clip here just in a minute. Brother Lonnie Jenkins talked about when God was calling him into the ministry. And he, and he, he just feels some things happen, some things happen. And he comes to a meeting, and at the meeting it was in the Pentecostal time, and as he's sharing in a little house meeting, it was a testimony, and he's giving a testimony of what God did. And all of a sudden, a sister breaks out in tongues and prophecy and said, yeah, thus saith the Lord, go ye, God has called you. And he said, no sooner had that finished, and there was a woman preacher that was right there. And she said, yes, and whatever God has told you and regarding work or something, go and do it. And he said, here was God, but here was something else, and it looked just the same. And Brother Lonnie says he'd had a landscaping business, and he thought, he was thinking, I have one more job I can do and it would just help me going into the ministry. I'll make money off it. And it was the thoughts of man. And he says, and here comes in another realm, God is calling him. But here's another thing. He said he went into that job, he lost $30,000. And he learned a lesson. God is there, but the enemy is there. Light is there. But darkness can also be there. And I say this, we're coming closer to the edge. Closer. I'm not here to scare you, but I'm telling you the truth. The light we have is a very specific light. Don't just say, I'm in the message. The enemy can be working. Listen, I need washing. You need washing. Continually. To be washed by the things that are, that are around us. 
You know, in, in those days, the Pentecostal days, it seemed like it was this, this, this. Brother, Brother Biscoe shares a time. He, he wasn't going with Sister Ruth yet, but he was at a meeting. And he says, Brother Biscoe, he said he was at a meeting and it was a Pentecostal church. And he said it was just amazing, the Spirit of God. He says, Psalms, I think it's Psalms 15 or, or, or lift up ye heads, O ye gates of Zion. He said, one whole side of the church stood up and in unison prophesied that scripture. Who is this? Who is this king of glory? And then he says, they all sat down and the whole church on the other side stood up. The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. It was supernatural. But amidst all of that, amidst that light, there was preachers that were women. There was other things that were there. I, I say this, the light that we have today is much, much more specific. Yeah. Or it may not look as supernatural, but I'll say God is in his word. I, I, I really, uh, some, uh, Lord willing, we're going to go into this just in, on Wednesday a little bit more, but I, I need to share, friends. We need, we need to be under this gospel, this light. Let's just go to 1 John chapter 1. <coughs> Sorry, I didn't even finish telling you this story as you're turning to 1 John chapter 1. Anyway, Brother Biscoe was at a meeting and he had his eye on a certain sister named Ruth and he was just looking from afar and he says, as the meeting concluded, an older sister came up to him and said, Brother Eddie, God has given you that girl. <laughs> Wouldn't you like that? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll deal with some things on courtship here as we go along. But anyway, God knows. You have a godly desire. God knows. He already is there before you. Okay, sorry, I, I don't know why I threw that in, but. First John, chapter one. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Now, I really don't have the time to go into all of it today, but part of redemption, when he came and he paid the price and he separated himself, the Bible says he sat down expecting, waiting for the fullness of redemption to take place. And under the fullness of redemption, there was going to be justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Under that was going to be adoption, when he was hanging on the cross, Luther's message was in him, Wesley's, and this message was in him then. That's what he went to the cross for. He went knowing your name and my name. He went paying the price for all that were in the book. That's what he went there for. Knowing the age you would come in, knowing that it would take a certain light in his process, 
Now, I wasn't born in Noah's day. I wouldn't build a boat. I wasn't born in, in Moses' day. But I was born in this last day when God is gathering a people. So the light of this day is different than the light of the past day. And to be really under the blood, the redemptive atoning work of the blood, you walk in the light of where he is moving. There's a place, and I, I don't know where it is, but Brother Brandon would, would say, them ages there, they're not really under the blood. Why? Because they're not walking in the redemptive part of it. I'm sorry, if, I probably need to drop it in. <coughs> but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So God has to continually separate sin in our lives. I'm going to read this. Brother Bram says, water doesn't save a man. It takes the blood of Jesus. There's no life in water. Life comes in the blood cell, takes sanctification to cleanse that life, to kill the desire of sin. Now, he will go a little further. Don't let this stumble you. He says, by faith... Are you saved? That's your faith in God. The blood doesn't save you. Okay, don't let it stumble you. The blood keeps you clean from sin because it makes a sacrifice. The bleeding word is in the light of the word, in the, in the light. So as you're walking, as you're striving for what God has put in your heart for this age, there's a blood that's keeping you clean. How do you know you're saved? By faith you're saved. That's by God's foreknowledge. It's calling you. You're saved. The blood makes an atonement. It's constantly keeping you clean. Oh, if we could recognize. If we walk in the light as he is in the How else do you make the scripture fit? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Oh. You say, well, I, I made a mistake. I did this. I did this. Okay, Brother Mark, I'm going to ask you to play this clip. This, I've played this before, but this has always helped me. I just heard it again the other day, and it always helps me. So just a few minutes. Just, just here, and this is Brother Lonnie Jenkins sharing something about Brother Branham and what he's speaking to Brother Vale. You can play that, Brother Mark. I quickly ran off a slide in the back room while ago, and I don't think it's going to project. It's a slide of this picture, which was the seven licks of fire, uh, the supernatural picture taken in Grass Valley, California. And uh, I don't think it's going to project what I want projected. So I did a little ink addition on it right there. And if you ever get this picture in your hand again, you can look for that little picture there because it didn't show up on this transparency. But I've told you before, but I've never shown you the picture. I was talking with Brother Sidney Jackson one day, prophet from South Africa, that uh, was a close friend of Brother Branham's. And he, brother, he said, Brother Branham took this picture. And he says, Brother Sidney, he says, look close behind me on the platform, holding up this, this picture. And he says, look closely behind me. He says, do you see that face that looks like an old Indian chief or something? And Brother Jackson says, yes, I see that. He said, I've never noticed that there before. He says, that's my old nature. He said, it's always there to haunt you. He says, when, he says, 
When you receive Christ and his word. Now, I'm going to do my hands the way Sidney did because it's very significant. And he said that's the way Brother Branham did. He says, when you stand and receive the word for the hour, the revelation of the hour, he says that Holy Ghost fire comes down into your soul and he says, burns out the old nature. He didn't say a word, but you got a picture. It loses the position of dominion, but it moves to a place of influence. It cannot make you do anything, but it'll talk to you as if it's in the same place that it always was, but it has no power. And he says that, he says, my old nature looks like an Indian chief because he says, because my mother was half Indian. If that happened to a prophet, that's what happens to every child of God. The old nature is burned out of you and your new nature is God. But the old nature is always there to haunt you. It'll try to condemn you over the things that it did in your body. Are you following me? So consequently, that's why God says you are a new creature. Why? Because the control tower inside is brand new, absolutely new, and didn't do a thing against God. And that's why you can stand justified before God as if you never did it because you, the real you, the predestinated soul from God, you did not do it. It was that old nature that did it, and were you perfectly you from the beginning? Hallelujah. <laughs> you never did it in the first place. But the devil makes you think that you're still doing it. Because he, he comes in a position of influence. Listen, as the musicians come, they actually have in these days what they call influencers. You know, these, these are people that buy goods and they put out posts to influence you to do it. Now, where did that come from? It's a cheap copy of the devil who always tries to influence us that you did that, you did this, you did that. No, I didn't. The God, that the old Ed Hammermeister, he did it. But the new spirit of God that is in me, that is God, that is given to God, that will live forever. Oh, I'm so glad that it's there. I'm glad this message came to shed light on the devil. Yeah, my flesh is not redeemed. My spirit is not redeemed. Therefore, I can think evil thoughts, but I don't have to be given to a dominion under them. I am a son of God. I am righteous. I don't think I really got to the part I wanted to, but there's a light in every one of you. And I'll tell you what, you don't realize how it shines. I love to go into a grocery store with my wife once in a while. Other than the times I sneak up on you, honey. But uh, when we're, we're away on a vacation, we shop, and just to walk with her. And, and you know, when you're away from your business and your world and you're just relaxed, you look at things differently. 
and I look. Every once in a while, somebody, a, a lady looks at her. Where did you come from? I'm looking at my wife, and I'm standing about 10 feet back saying, <laughs> there's a light shining in this supermarket. Friends, well, you might not think where you are in a job, but there's a light shining. We don't see it sometimes, but when we, in, we talk to one another, there's a light that's shining. The world is, is falling into an abyss. It is descending. It is falling into a bottomless pit. But there's a light shining. Oh, if we could see this light that, that's in us now by the word of God. It, it, is, it is penetrating the darkness. And I'll say this, that message, if you want to listen to it, there's a man that can turn on the light. I've always taken it from the end where Brother Branham takes the little story of, of this little girl in the cave, in the darkest cave, and they turn out all the lights, and it's so dark, and he said, I, she couldn't see her hand six inches in front of her. And I always took that message, there's a man that can turn on the light. But I, I, something that said, go back to that message again. Because if you actually take 1963, he speaks a version of it. 1964, he speaks shalom. Arise, shine, your light has come. Then he speaks there, turn on the light. He's, he's in a channel where he's seeing something. And then he breaks into what happens when the Pope goes over to Jerusalem. And how there's a blackout of the moon. And how there's these things. And friends, it's tying together. We are in a light. We've got a glorious light. We are, sh if you believe this word, there is a light that darkness is recognizing. It's glorious. But that message, he goes back. And I always think, oh, you know, God's going to turn on the light. He is actually turning on the light. You might think you're in darkness, but there's a law. Light is greater than darkness. No matter how thick the darkness is, the light of God penetrates it. I want to walk in this light. How about you? Let's stand together. I wish I could have brought that together better, but I trust that God brings you into something and leads you. There, there is so much in this wonderful message of God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Dan, I was going to sing a song or two, and I wrote them down, and here they are. I got them. Let's sing Bring It Under the Blood. Can we do that? <clears throat> Let's just pick it up a little bit. <coughs> Bring it under the, the blood. blood. Bring it under the blood. Anything in your life that you need to make right, bring it under the blood. Now if you want to be clean and have your spirit free, just let Jesus inside give Satan no place to hide. Bring it under the blood. Bring it under the blood. Bring it under the blood. Anything in your life that you need to make right. Yeah. 
for the blood amen not just 2,000 years ago but the bleeding word the word that's been brought and it's bleeding and as you receive it it's bleeding it becomes life it it, it, it manifests in you it's not just something up here but it's real oh isn't it wonderful oh happy day oh happy day Oh, happy day that fixed my choice on Thee, my Savior and my God. Well, may this glowing heart rejoice and tell its raptures all abroad. Oh, happy day. washed my sins away 